0: Of Jesus. And this morning, I want to direct your attention to the book of Luke, chapter 14. So, why don't you go ahead and start turning there? Luke, chapter 14. The title of this message is The Invitation. The Invitation. The Invitation. Hmm. This is kind of an interesting portion of Scripture. Because Jesus has been invited to a banquet, okay? And uh, as he is at that banquet, he actually tells two parables. He tells two stories while he's in that banquet. We're going to look at the second one today. The second one that he told while he was sitting at this banquet with the people that were around him. And, uh,. I really want you to be challenged by God's word today. I hope you've been blessed, by the way, by this series. God's really, I think, done a lot of really good things in a lot of people's lives in these last few weeks, and I trust that he will do that again today. So why don't we take a look at the scripture together? If you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word, and we will read this together. We are in Luke chapter 14, and we're beginning in verse 12. Are we there? Okay, all right. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along with me on the screen, and uh, we should have all of our verses uh, together for all of you here today. Here we go. Let's start in verse 12, okay? Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your sisters, your relatives. Is this a funny verse to have, by the way, right before Thanksgiving? I'm just saying. Um, your relatives, or your rich neighbors, if you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And although they cannot repay you, You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And this is where the parable begins. Okay. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. And the servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, I pray that we would take a look at the story of an invitation, and God, may we apply that to our lives. God, I pray that you would speak to us and challenge us to compel people to come. And experience all that you have for them. So Lord, speak to us through your word. In your precious name, and we all said, Amen. Amen, you may be seated. So it's an interesting setting to this story, okay? A uh, lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Um, and and we, we see the setup of this. In, in, in the first verse, listen to the first verse of Luke 14, okay? It says, One Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Now there's a fun dinner, right? So Jesus is invited to the house of a prominent Pharisee, and the whole purpose of this is for those that are invited at this banquet to try to catch Jesus saying something wrong. Trying to catch him doing something that was not correct. And so they have this, under the guise of a banquet, under the guise of a dinner, they have another agenda going on. Now, how many of you know that Nobody was more aware of what they were trying to do than Jesus himself. Can we say amen? So Jesus <laughs> Jesus knew what they were up to. We we uh we brought this up this past Wednesday. We cannot do anything that's outside the sight of God. Amen. Amen. So what did Jesus do? Jesus dealt with the invitation not to an earthly banquet but an invitation to experience the kingdom of God. And what's interesting is that Jesus is stressing here that that invitation needs to go not just to the ones that you would normally invite to a banquet, but this invitation is to all people. Listen to me. This invitation is for all people. People, people you disagree with, people whose lifestyle might bother you a lot, people who uh, are adamant against God, people who are the outcasts of society, people who others, uh, others have rejected, Jesus is saying, you, we are very much involved in the expansion of Of the kingdom of God. God's using us. Listen to me. God's using us to expand his kingdom. And it's not just the pastor and his pretty sermons, it's all of us. It's all of us. We have a mission. Our place in this parable, we're the servant that's delivering the message. We are the servants that our master God has called to invite the world to experience all that God has for them. That's our calling. That is our directive. That's our mission. If if we if all we are, if all we are is a group of people that have fellowships and cake, and trust me, I love cake a lot. My my mansion will have many cakes. but but we've we've missed an important part of what church is all about what the people of God are supposed to be doing we have been called to compel people to come in we have been called to invite even the outcast to come and experience all that God has for them so with that in mind with that in mind i want to share three quick Points from this parable today to kind of help us grasp this and just how important this is. so number one, number one, the church must deliver. the church must deliver. Jesus uh, look at the scripture again verses sixteen and seventeen Jesus replied. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant, that is us, to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Now, some people, when they unpack the scripture, they will, they will say that Jesus is referring to the initial experience of the Jews to be a part of everything that God has for them. And many of the Jews had and would reject Jesus. As Messiah, but this truth applies to us here in the 21st century. Jesus has given us a message. God has given us an invitation for us to share. It is a critical mistake to try to privatize your relationship with God. People say, well, my relationship with God is really none of anyone's business. That's wrong. Your relationship with God is everybody's business. Because Jesus, who was crucified naked... Publicly on a cross for us has called us to a life of publicity. He has called us to proclaim and to invite people and to experience the message of Jesus Christ. What is that message? Romans 10 verse 13 tells us this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word, everyone, is for everyone. The person who is the addict, if they call upon the Lord, they can be saved. The person who is in the in the deepest clutches of sin itself, if they call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Listen to me, I firmly believe this more than ever. There are no lost causes with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is nobody outside of the grace of God. And there is nobody outside of the invitation to come and experience all that Jesus has for them. And let me tell you, if you believe that that is only the work of the missionaries and the pastor, you're wrong. See, because you have been called to do this. And you yourself are a missionary in the, in the place where God has put you. See, do you think that you got that job simply because it pays you X amount of money? Do you think God put you there simply because of that? No. God puts you there so that you could represent him in that place. And you might think, well, I'm the only Christian here. Guess what? Your mission field is, is ripe. Your mission field is ripe. And listen, God trusts you with that mission field. Students... If God has placed you in your school, God has placed you on that team, God has placed you in that squad, he has placed you there, not just because you worked hard and made the team, and that is fantastic. But God has also called you to represent him while you're on that team. God has called you to be a light in a very dark place. Those of you who are involved in the arts, listen to me. There is I keep on saying listen to me, so I'm going to stop saying that starting now. But hear me today. That's better. That seems more spiritual. But if you're involved in the arts, I can tell you that is an extremely dark dark, dark place, and a very dark world that needs Jesus. And if somebody has has been placed there who loves Jesus Christ, then hear me, that person has been placed there not just to direct films, not just to act in a commercial, not just to model for an advertisement, but that person has been placed there to represent Jesus Christ. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. I'll get to that a little bit later. But we're not called as Christians to hide from this evil, terrible world. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And that Holy Spirit that he has placed in you is well capable, if you know Jesus Christ, is well capable of penetrating a dark world with the light of Jesus Christ. There's a world that desperately needs Jesus, and you have been placed in this world, and you could be in this world, but not of this world. God's placed you in this world, and in your campus, and in your workplace, and in your neighborhood, and in your apartment building, and in your situation, because he wants you to be that servant who will take his invitation to those around you. We've got to deliver, church. We've got to deliver. Our world needs it. In fact, that, that takes me to the second of three points. The church must deliver, but secondly, I'm going to give you a reality check. Some will decline. Some are going to turn you down. Some will reject you, some will reject your message. And may I tell you, you're in great company, because they rejected Jesus. They rejected the apostles. They rejected miracle-working ministers of God. They will at times reject our message as well. Take a look at the story that Jesus is telling. Again, in verse 18, he says, But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. By the way, who buys a field without looking at it first? Okay? Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Verse 19, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Who buys five yoke of oxen without knowing whether they're healthy, crippled, alive, or dead? And then another one gave maybe a better reason. I just got married. So I can't come. Because I just got married. And this is the world that we live in. We live in a world that will make any excuse not to accept the invitation of Jesus now some of those excuses are well you know i've tried religion i didn't like it it's not for me do you know my response to that religion's not for me either i'm i'm about a relationship with jesus not about religion religion doesn't save religion doesn't restore Religion doesn't answer prayers, but having a relationship with Jesus does. You might say, well, yeah, you know, I, I love the, how about the closet theologians that like to argue about a portion of Scripture? Not knowing the rest of Scripture, but they're kind of hung up on one verse. Have you met those? Well, doesn't the Bible say that God helps those that help themselves? No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't say that. Well, how about, well? I don't believe this, and, and there are some people that know just enough about God to make them dangerous, but guess what? They need that invitation. And see, look at this. Nowhere in this story did the servant argue with the people that he invited. The servant didn't say, what do you mean, yoke of oxen? This is a free meal, come on. What do you mean you don't believe this? Or, 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 well, yeah, I'll debate you. Listen. We don't need to try to debate people into the kingdom of God. In fact, you ready for this? Since people will reject him, you are not responsible to make sure that the invitation is accepted. Well, I can't. I can't can't do that because I don't know how they'll respond. That's not your problem. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to invite. Your responsibility is to be a witness. Now, I would ask how many of you have been in a court of law, but let's not ask that right now. Some of you have, some of you haven't, okay. At least a lot of you have watched TV, okay. The job of a witness is what? To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But it's the attorney that convinces the jury, not the witness. God has not called you to be his attorney. God's called you to be his witness. And all you need to do is tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then let the Holy Spirit do the work after that. And you know what? They might reject you. But, but maybe you're the one that plants the seed. And then somebody else comes along, and, and, and they invite, and they share, and they, they water that seed. Nothing's come out of the ground yet. But it, it's been planted, and it's been watered. But, but, but then somebody else comes around. Maybe at a time where they are so desperate, and, and they happen to be at the place. And at the right time. And because of what you planted. And because of what somebody else watered. Now there's a harvest that can be reaped. Now there's a response that somebody can accept the invitation. And maybe you aren't the one that heard them pray the prayer. Maybe you're not the one that saw the life change. But you were very much involved. We need a lot more seed planters well, I didn't get any results. Don't ever say that. Your, your invite might be five seconds in the break room. Your invite might be just a, a moment where they hear you or they see you. And God builds on that. But some people will decline, but that doesn't mean that they've given up. That doesn't make them unreachable. Some of you are here today (laughs) because people didn't give up on you. Some of you are here today in this room serving Jesus because somebody planted, you rejected it. Somebody watered, you rejected it. But then there was that moment. There was that moment that you gave your life to Christ. And God was involved in that entire process. I had a counselor once tell me that I need to quit taking people's spiritual decisions personally. Because as a pastor, I would do that. If I saw some of you make a bonehead mistake, I would think, oh, oh, I failed, terrible pastor, and, and and I would take that personally. And I had to be freed from that because ultimately they're not rejecting me; they're rejecting the master. And seeing those that declined the invitation in this story, they didn't reject the servant; they rejected the master. So if someone declines, that doesn't mean you failed. If somebody rejects you, that does not mean you failed. You were obedient. Can you say amen? And then lastly, thirdly today, we, we must be devoted. The church has to deliver, number one. People will decline, number two. But we must be devoted, number three. We don't give up. Read read this with me, starting in verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry, and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys uh, of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. By the way, the same subset of people that Jesus told the banquet holder to invite to his next banquet, by the way. Verse 22, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told his servant, go out into the roads. Go out to the country lanes. Compel them to come so that my house will be full. So the question is, how do we respond even if our efforts have been rejected? How how do we do this What's God's expectation from us? I'm going to give you four steps, and I'm going to close. Number one, we need to pray. We need to pray. Pray for the lost. Pray for people that don't know Jesus yet. Pray for them. I saw uh, something on Reddit, I think, is what it was. I don't I don't get on there much. But this woman was being celebrated because she was taking out the pages of the Bible that she didn't like and burning them. This is the culture that we're living in. We need to pray for that culture. We need to pray for our world. And, and to, to do so without prayer would be a grave mistake. In fact, as I read Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Paul said, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Pray for the people that you think are a lost cause. Pray for them. Pray that they might be saved. Who is it that God brings to your mind right now that needs Jesus? Please, not, 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 not some kid in a third-world country. I'm not, I'm not asking you, and nothing wrong with that, but I, who is it that you know that needs Jesus? Will you pray for them? Secondly, we need to portray. We need to pray, we need to portray. We need to demonstrate what this is all about. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Live this out, church. Your message should line up with your lifestyle. Listen to me. I said it again. Hear me today. I just I, I'm I'm so passionate about this. That there are so many ways for us to blow it. Social media. Okay, if you're full of keyboard muscle and you're not going to demonstrate who Jesus really is, then please just don't hit send. Don't hit send if you can't represent Jesus. If 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 you can't show the people around you that you're an authentic, genuine Follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying you got to post a bunch of uh, uh, Bible verse memes every day. And if that's your thing, wonderful. I like to make people laugh with my Facebook personally, and sometimes it works. But, but one, thing, he, he, one thing that God's given me is some favor with some people who don't know Christ. They know I'm a pastor. But it's like, wow, he can He can laugh. He's a real guy. He likes his sports teams. They often break his heart. (laughs) But this is a real person. Wow, I, I can... Okay. Maybe I can listen to him. When you live it out at work, when you flesh this thing out in your neighborhood, where you live, portray what an authentic real child of god really is demonstrate that number 3 we need to persuade we need to persuade paul said in second corinthians 5:11 since then we know that what it is to fear the lord we try to persuade others what is plain to god and i hope is also plain to your conscience I think the Lord wants us to be prepared to give a testimony whenever we can give one. What is your testimony? And some of you might say, I don't have one. I was never in a biker gang that God pulled me out of. I was never in jail, so I really don't have a testimony. No, here's your testimony, okay? You were never in jail. That's your testimony. Okay, Why? God kept you. God kept you from making some of those mistakes. And maybe God has brought you out of something terrible. Then here's your testimony. Your testimony is not just glorifying all the bad stuff you did in the past. Your testimony is the difference that Jesus has made in your life and how he has changed you. See, if I was trying to convince you to buy a vacuum cleaner, I would want to take that vacuum cleaner to your house and sweep your carpet so you could see an incredible difference. Don't invite me to clean your floors. I'm not going to do that. I know some of you are thinking, bummer. You had the email ready, But I, I would come over and I would show you, look how great this sweeper is. Look, how, look at that. It, it, it's great. This is the difference that can be made if we just buy my sweeper. My sweeper. <laughs> this is the difference that can be made in your life if you'll do what I did. See, because Jesus freed me from depression. Jesus saved me from sin. Jesus liberated me from addiction. Jesus kept me from making some terrible mistakes. Jesus brought me out of a lifestyle that was so ungodly. Jesus kept me in the midst of being surrounded by a family that did not serve Jesus. Jesus was so faithful, and this is the difference that he can make in your life. And you know what? We don't always get it right. But one thing we know, that Jesus makes the difference, and that is your testimony. And then finally, Jonathan, if you can come on up here. We need to plead. Acts chapter 26, verse 29. Interesting scripture. Paul, Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. That person that I asked you to think of, I think if we would see them in in eternity, it would make an enormous difference on how we would reach out to them. And maybe it's just saying would you at least give God a try? Would you at least, would you at least give your life to Jesus Christ? Don't give up on anyone. Don't give up on anyone. God's put you there for a reason. See, there's an invitation. An invitation to come. To... Experience all that God has for them. An experience to find Jesus. To find life instead of death. Who's that person that at the very least you can pray for? Who's that person that you could live this out in front of? Who's this person that you could speak with and dialogue with? Who is it? The master said, go everywhere and compel him to come in until my house is full. We got a job to do. Friends, Jesus is coming soon. Our world is a mess. The time is short. And people need Jesus. Will you extend the invitation from the master to come. Will you stand with me? God, speak to us now, I pray. Speak to us, I pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder today, is is there somebody in your life that they need Jesus? It's no accident that you have been brought into their world or that they've been brought into yours. With God, there's no such thing as a coincidence. God is intentional. And the Lord wants to use you, servant of God. He has an invitation. Will you take his invitation and bring it to somebody who needs God? Maybe it's a simple invitation just to go to church with you. Maybe it's a chance to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or maybe it's even deeper than that. But would you take the invitation and bring it to somebody who needs him? Would you be willing this morning to pray for that individual? I want to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who that person might be. And we're going to pray for that person. And we're going to believe that God will do a miracle. We pray with me, Jesus, right now? Right now, that person that's in our minds, we've asked you, Holy Spirit, to reveal that to us. We ask you, Lord God, that you would bring to our attention that person who is in need of you. Lord, that person might live near us or with us. That person might work with us. That person might go to school with us. God, the possibilities are endless in this room, but I ask God that you would just use us. God, in fact, help us to recognize the moment that we could say, hey, I'll pray for you. Help us to recognize the moment to share what you've done for us. Help us to recognize the moment that you ordain for us to maybe just have a chance to plant a seed that somebody else can water and then somebody else can harvest. God, speak to your people. And God, I pray that this burden would not leave once we leave this building, but Lord God, may we take this burden with us. And God, tomorrow, as we start our week, open up doors, I pray. Open up doors. So, Jesus, we pray for that person now. We lift their name to you. We ask you, Jesus, to do a miracle. And we will thank you, and we'll give you praise. And it's in your precious name that we ask all of this. And we all said amen. Amen. If you want to linger a little bit and pray for that person that's on your heart, feel free to do so. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless.